Hi, and welcome to All Things Cozy with Matt and Jillian. We are a bi-weekly podcast about everything that is warm, soft, and comforting. It's wine o'clock somewhere. <laughs> so this week we're off to the vineyards of Paso Robles to discuss our favorite wine tastings and tips for making the most out of a trip to wine country. Our partner in wine for today's episode is friend and frequent cozy correspondent, Robert Balkovich. Hello, hello. Welcome back, Robert. Thank you. It is truly an honor. It's been how many years? It's been a couple of years. I think the last time I recorded specifically on the podcast was when we went to Bainbridge Island. It was a super cozy trip. Always when we're doing a special destination, Robert is there. No, and again, I'm truly, truly honored to be asked both to be on the podcast and to be invited on this vacation. No, we have. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so we had a wonderful little trip. We stayed in Morro Bay, where we are currently as we record this episode. And we took a little day trip to Paso Robles for some wine tastings. And we thought, what's a cozier concept than wine tastings with friends? So here we are. And it really was. Well, before we sit back and relax with our favorite vino, let's check in with what's making us feel cozy this week. Robert, kick us off. What's making you feel cozy this week? So what has been making me feel cozy is I've been really into reading ancient Greek literature lately, which is something I never was like interested in, even in college. I was like, ugh, boring. For whatever reason, I've got a real yen for it. And I've been like having these nights where I turn off the lights and I have my little Kindle and I'm like sitting in a special reading chair and I've been playing because there is some often ambient noise outside my apartment. So I'll put on like one of those YouTube mixes that's like, you know, ancient Greek sounds. What, what are some ancient Greek sounds? Just like a harp gently going like, <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Very mellow, simple music. Really sets the mood though. And it's been, it's been cozy both like in the literal sort of like physical sense. And I also have been getting a lot of coziness out of like digging into those texts and, and really just like enjoying like, oh, wow, this was written, you know, over 2000 years ago, but I'm still like seeing repeating themes, you know, even mm-hmm. in thought and literature, whatever today. Is there a play or tale in particular that is really resonating with well, you? Most recently, the one I most recently read was Lysistrata, which I'm probably mispronouncing, which is famously the play where women protest the war between Athens and Sparta by withholding intimate relations from their husbands. Although it's it's really quite more deep than that. It's really this like sort of great comedic, like farcical satire of like, it's sort of like men are from Mars, women are from Venus, but circa, <laughs> you know, 300 BC. But it's like very funny and very just it is like a it's like a broad funny comedy and like it's even something about that that as i was reading it because you hear ancient greek comedy and you kind of assume like oh it's gonna be like just and you're like this is just like the latest medea no no literally (laughs) (laughs) it 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 really was so much of the play is just two sort of like competing choruses of men and women talking about like men do this and women do this yeah and it was really and i'm reading currently reading the odyssey this new translation by emily wilson that came out a few years ago and i haven't gotten to the actual text yet because there's about an 80 page introduction that I've, I've been reading through. But even just reading that in preparation for getting to the actual book has been has been very, very cozy. Very nice. Jillian, what's making you feel cozy? At first is me being a scavenger in my for my meals. I've been classic. <laughs> that sounds really kind of harrowing, actually. Like I'm a little nervous. I think we should be more concerned about your living situation at this point. Well, because my partner is a meal delivery service and it's too rich for my blood. So I just, you know, 
figure out what to make. Which has always, I think, been your MO is you like to get into a cupboard and just rifle around. Right. And I made myself these really delicious little, these sourdough bread with pasta sauce. It probably sounds gross, but I didn't have any tomatoes. But I simmered the pasta sauce and I put some spinach and I put some feta. It actually was very tasty. Yeah, it actually does sound good. Yeah, but that's a, as a side note. So I've been really into the TLC fall lineup. So many great shows are coming back that may not seem cozy on its face, but are very cozy to me. So welcome to Plathville, Sister Wives, My Big Fat Fabulous Life. And Sister Wives is especially cozy right now because the women are finally telling off Cody Brown. So if you're familiar with the show, he's the main patriarch and he has a, a really offensive man bun. And he's just, he's just really problematic. So they're, they're telling him F you, they're, they're breaking free, and it's just been so delightful to see that finally unfold after 19 seasons yeah it's just validating to see movement on a show after 19 seasons because literally nothing happened and so the the payoff's finally here it took almost a decade like great long oh. form similar to the odyssey the right Iliad. you really get that long that payoff it's my after. greek drama you stay with it you get right. payoff after decades yeah it's basically the same thing yeah hmm. well for me since no one asked <laughs> matt <laughs> what's making me feel cozy this week is the pushing of the pumpkin envelope that I've been observing with some unexpected palettes. As you know, I love to stay abreast of fall decor trends, and what's making me feel cozy this week are the bold colors and textures I'm seeing on pumpkins this year. From Target's Night of the Vivid Dead, imagine like an ombre jack-o'-lantern with like really bright pinks and blues and yellows. That sounds very chic. Yeah, well, it's very Lisa Frank, which I'm also really into. To World Market's textured speckled ceramic pumpkins in muted sand, gray, and terracotta. There's a pump for every kind of purse. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) I love sand. That's very different because they're leading really hard into the blue pumpkins. Yeah, I'm seeing blue. Blue has really been around for like the last almost decade, I want to oh, say. Oh, I'm late to the trend. Maybe not yeah. quite that long, but like five <laughs> years, I've seen a lot of blue. Mm. But I'm really noticing like really we're just totally whatever kind of pumpkin you want. Like it can be a pattern, like a tablecloth pumpkin, all the way to these very elevated of stoneware kind of yeah. pumpkin. You could drop drop it and kill somebody with like yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the weight of this ceramic pumpkin. That's always very cozy. Well, I'm just <laughs> impressed how they reinvent the pumpkin every single year. Yes. And I think really at this point with the widespread decor options, like, I mean, I feel like now more than ever, like when you go out shopping, there's just so much fall decor. They've really maxed out the potential for any kind of design you would want on a fall decoration is there for you. You're not limited to the fall colors of yellow, red, gold, orange. We're getting very unorthodox. Which I like that because it's sort of like when Christmas decorations go like blue and silver versus Mm -hmm. just the regular green and red. It's a nice, it's nice. Yes. It's nice to get sort of that variety. So you don't just have to be locked in to to orange. Yes. There's a lot of self-expression now that you can make with your fall decorations. And it's great for all the different climates out there. You know, the Southwest pumpkins. Yeah. If you're in Florida, you could have a Dago pumpkin and still celebrate, even though it's 90 degrees outside. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, if I were starting from scratch, I might actually do that kind of thing where like my L.A. apartment is decorated in a more like brighter color fall stuff. But I think I'm just too far and deep with most of my decorations being orange and black. Yeah. 
Nothing that wrong I, with tradition. That once I bring in the Night of the Vivid Dead pumpkin, mm-hmm. it just kind of sticks out like a sore thumb. You have very beautiful classic decorations. Thank yes, you. Your, I, uh, to peek behind the curtains, was staying at Matt's apartment before we came on this trip, and it was I was very impressed. And an instant feeling of cozy when I walked into the living room and saw a full spread of wonderful Halloween decorations. It's no Great Wolf Lodge pumpkin <laughs> spice suite, but I try. All right, from pumpkins to grapes... I think it's time that we dive into our main topic. And let's uncork this topic by pouring a little history on the background of Paso Robles. So I have to ask for forgiveness. I'm going to try to pronounce this tribe, but I'll do my best. I don't know if I'll say it correctly. Going back to the original inhabitants of the region, the Te Apetahal, or let's just say the Salina, Salinan tribe of Native Americans, originally occupied this area of because it was desirable for its fertile soil, healing hot springs, and mud baths. Then, the Spanish conquistadors and Franciscan missionaries colonized the area, leading to the founding of Paso Robles Rancho. That's Spanish for Oak Pass, so formerly El Paso de Robles. And the land was purchased and sold many times over until it was made famous once again for those hot springs and mud baths. We, I don't know how we missed all the hot springs yeah, and mud baths. I was about baths. to say, I, I didn't get it. a single mud bath. But that's originally like what made this area a tourist destination. But when did wine enter the picture? Generally, 1797, when wine grapes were introduced to the area by Spanish colonizers. Commercially, the answer would be more like 1882, when Andrew York, a settler from Indiana, planted the first commercial vineyards and established a winery at what is now Epoch Estates Winery. The railroad and later the social scene at the Paso Robles Inn as well as a nearby army base, populated the area while more and more wineries popped up. Today, the region is home to over 200 wineries. 80% of the wine made here are red varietals, primarily Cabernet Sauvignon, Zinfandel, and Merlot. Julian and I are, as you know, living in the LA area, so getting up to Paso, it's just a few hours of a drive north, Easier to get to than, you know, other places like Napa. More we considered it. But yeah, more difficult to get to. Flight. Yeah. Then. <laughs> and it's too rich for our blood. Yeah. yeah and it's absolutely. basically the same thing. And so, I mean, there are different, I guess, types of grapes grown in that area. So you're going to get different varieties of wine. I'm a huge Cabernet fan. So I was very happy to be here, which is yeah. where, it's where a lot of cab comes from. And so each of us picked a winery to visit. And we're going to go through those wineries and take you on our trip with us. So, you know, if you want to listen, grab a little wine, mm-hmm. sip while you're mm-hmm. listening. Imagine you're with us at the tastings. We invite you to do that. So first up, we visited Eberly Wines, Eberly Winery. And that's an older vineyard. Very I classic. It's very yeah. classic. I mean, even when you walk in, it's very much what you imagine like a winery to look like. It has, you know, a really beautiful patio overlooking a vineyard. Everything about it felt like I was like if some if a, a location scout was looking for a winery to, for a movie scene, they would have picked this place. So a little drama is we left just a little late for getting to the winery. Yep. We did, yeah. And I'll, by the way, a tip for all of you planning your your wine visits post pandemic reservations are the norm, and they're danders up if you yeah, try to walk learned. in. And it's very easy to do. You don't have to even put a card down to reserve in most cases. No, yeah, there's no, usually you don't have to, 
yeah, pay anything. You just it's super easy. But you, once you do, you'll be receiving lots of messages. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. on the way there, like you know, we know we're a little late, and I get a text that says, "Uh oh, you're running late." Which it's is like, it's like your worst nightmare too, for yeah, someone exactly. like you. Yeah. I, I feel very punctual. The, the day's already ruined. Yeah, vineyard <laughs> surveillance state. <laughs> and so we did get there in enough time. They held, they held the reservation for 15 minutes past. So, well, But also we got there. Maybe this is the drama you were alluding to. And our table wasn't even ready. <laughs> Despite us getting the, uh-oh, you're not here text. It's like, uh-oh, our table wasn't ready. Yep. Yeah, Throw that right back at him. This winery came with a wine cave tour to lose less wines. Because I guess if you when you put it in the barrel, if it's above ground, you tend to lose more bottles per yeah, it's humid. barrel. Yeah. Based on our tour guide. Fabulous tour guide. She had a, a lot of charm. She really knew her stuff inside mm-hmm. and out. And when we, even we were gathering for the tour, a large family with a few kids was coming down the stairs. And she, sent them, yep. she said, you're on the next one. No way, no how. Not on my watch. <laughs> Not on my tour. I don't want to hear the sound of children's voices bouncing off these cave walls. Oh, I also think it wasn't what they were expecting. She's like, Mommy, I want to see the cave. Well, it's an underground alley. Yeah, I think, some they were, I think they were like waiting for the Batmobile to come out right. of there. So really disappointed. Nope, just some quality cab. And some what comes out of that boar statues, which I thought were really cute. Yeah, it's it, yeah. Their their mascot is a a boar, and there's like pigs everywhere. That was an, an informative tour. They took us through all of like, where the rich people. Y- yeah. y- you can imagine like Gavin Newsom down there. Yeah, like <laughs> eyes wide shut style, <laughs> like party in a wine cave. Some cute fairy lights too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the gals love that. Oh, yeah. There, everything was very gendered. Right. Even when we sat down, there were three men and one woman. They were like, does not compute. Well, and they, this is my <laughs> this is only my theory and my read. I have no confirmation of this. But they sat down. They brought two. The woman brought two menus and immediately was like so befuddled about who to hand the menus to. And she commented like, girl, you're outnumbered by the boys. And I think she clearly was expecting a couple of like two heterosexual partners who she could hand the menus well, to. Well, I can't men. read. So thank God. Yeah. <laughs> nope. just, just four cozy queers here yeah. for a wine tasting. <laughs> We, we finished the tour, and then we mm-hmm. go back up for our tasting. And this was true for most of the wineries we visited. They're, they start you off with light and then go heavier. Most of them started with a, uh, a Chardonnay and then ended with a Cabernet Sauvignon, which is like what the area is most well-known for producing. What did we think about the wines at Eberly? I thought they were very pleasant and delightful. If you definitely or in the market for a classic tasting, as we pointed out. That's just perfect because the vineyard's right behind you. So you're outside on a patio. Yeah. And it's really nice to have that in the as a backdrop. You can take photos, and which we all did. But yeah, just nothing that I would write home about, per se, but all just very nice wines. Well, I noticed that a lot of them, they were like, oh, this is a great like Thursday night pizza wine. This is a great wine for just hanging out. And I will say that I agreed with that assessment, and I actually enjoyed that it was... Uh, a lot of the wines did feel sort of like unpretentious in that way, but high, still high quality. Right. I, w- I enjoyed all the wines we had there. Yeah, yeah. I would say like solid would be the word. Totally. Yeah. Right. I felt like I was tasting quality wine, but they were not like so out of reach. No. You know, even even the prices there, like it's more than I would pay for a bottle of wine typically, but it's not so crazy. And we did buy one bottle when we left. Yes. I, I agree with Jelena. That was out of the three, the one we went to that was the most, for me, it felt the most like the ideal of what you want when you're going to a wine tasting, which is like, it was a perfect weather. So quiet. We sitting under a shaded awning, just like enjoying the breeze. It, and I, that's a place I could have just like sat all day. And they had cheese plates. We didn't get one, but yeah. they had things to order. Yeah. There's a lot of food options. Mm-hmm. 
and it did offer those like photo ops because of the vineyard in the background. Mm-hmm. Like we, we took a bunch of photos. Like it looks like, oh, they you went to a winery. Totally. Yeah. It, was, it was very classic. And I, I really appreciated that. And the owner was there. And the owner was there. So yeah. you really got a sense that like people are really into this place. And this was a Sunday. So, you know, it could have been off, but nope. They're drinking wine Just out in two front. two poodles. Yeah, two poodles oh, yeah, running two around. Running around. And they actually were. Anytime I see a loose dog, I always get nervous. Either that it's going to go berserk or that it's just going to be annoying. But the poodles were actually like totally like doing their Fine. own thing. Yeah. Also, one final note about Eberly that I really loved is that the wine tasting was complimentary. Yes. Yeah, I was I was surprised by it. I kept thinking like, oh, we're about to like walk out. I know, and, like, I felt like I was them. stealing something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, but, they no, definitely no. did a nod to be like, oh, you're are you leaving with anything? Yeah. Or, so I think it's just courtesy and good sure, practice sure. Yeah, to yeah, buy course. a wine if it's free. Yeah. Which we did. Good practice. We gotta. Good practice. Well, also, also, I can't stand awkwardness like that. Yeah. No, no, I, me too. I, I will be like, yeah, I'll buy eight bottles. I probably, yeah, eight bottles. <laughs> Give me your best. I will buy the winery. If, I'll if you get declined. If I, if I need to. <laughs> yeah, but I will also say, now if I'm at the store and I see Eberly on a label, I will be more inclined to, right. to pick it up. Absolutely. And then, so we went from our classic little winery. Next, we went upscale with Jillian's pick. Jillian, tell us about the place you chose. Yeah, well... Allegretto, and I told Rob as we're walking up, reminded me of a venue that we'd have on Long Island for your Sweet, um, sweet 16 or prom. It's, it can, on the outside, does feel a little bit, I say gaudy, but in, in a good way. No, it was like, in, it was, it, it's gaudy, but it's so big that you're like, all right, you did it. Like, right. You, <laughs> you went, went for there, it. Yeah. You went for it. It's like an Italian villa. Exactly. I really wanted to go there so bad. I had to, I had to beg a little bit. You're like, oh, it's too fancy. But I, I I just had a good feeling about Allegretto. Yeah. Very grand when you drive up. And it's also a resort. So you can still do the wine tasting even if you aren't a part of the resort. So it's yeah. discounted if you are. Yes. So they bring you out to a little courtyard. It's really a stunning. They're playing music. I think all orchestra music. Yeah, it was it was like popular songs. Orchestra covers, covers yeah, right. popular songs. Which often I find annoying and cloying, but actually it was it worked in that setting. There's also beautiful flowers surrounding you. You don't have the vineyard as a backdrop, but the courtyard is so beautiful and they have this I don't know what to describe the scent, but almost a smoky. Mm-hmm. Yeah really relaxing my my one criticism of the courtyard is like they have like a section sectioned off for the people doing wine tastings it did feel a little cramped versus and you we could like look out and see like this gigantic rest of the courtyard that we were not allowed to sit in or i mean we could go into certainly but not for the wine tasting and we reserved a cheese plate which was so 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 good yeah the cheese plate when it came out it was it was one of those cheese plates where it's just literally like four pieces of cheese for each thing which at first i was like oh brother but everything was so good (laughs) And and truly the tastes were so like rich and complex that actually I found it to be quite satisfying. Yeah. I knew that we're going to get quality at Allegretto. And we did. And yeah, we, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy we went there because the wines were excellent. Yeah. I thought that was so my favorite good. wines of the day. They're all very unique too. Mm-hmm. They weren't your standard typical no. wines. And yeah. one of the wines that Matt, you had picked up, um, I guess we all picked up on that. It smelled like a fireplace, yeah, mm-hmm. which is very cozy. That sounds kind of horrifying. Like, yeah, I want <laughs> I want to drink a bunch of soot, but it really did smell like like a campfire. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it was just really. It's it, we'll talk about that in a little bit in more detail. But I I really like you said each each wine they served us had a really distinct flavor. 
Mm-hmm. And we also had, in my opinion, the best uh, server of, oh, of the yes. day. Oh, yes. So nice. Was both like informative and chatty, but in a way where it was always pleasant when she came in. Sometimes, you know, in that situation, at least for me, I feel like the person comes out and there's this real expectation, like, we've got to make some small talk, like, blah, blah, blah. But it was very easy. No, and she didn't push anything. No, no, no. no she, you know, it's funny. She even mentioned the like wine club that they do. After a minute, she could tell, like, these aren't wine club people. No, yeah, she, no. she said, here's she was like, the you details. Know Don't worry about it. Take it or leave it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, yeah, I really, it, it's funny. She also spilled just a little bit of water on me, like, not even, like, nothing to even speak of, really. Mm-hmm. It was refreshing, actually. Yeah. And I like yeah, felt so it, was, it was pretty warm. And she felt so bad about it. She brought us another whole, like, wine to taste that wasn't on the tasting menu. Yeah, which was one of the best ones in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, so I'm, I'm like, dump water on me all day. So <laughs> if I'm going to get another round of wine, that's free. I will say, this is going to sound like a criticism. It's actually a great compliment. She also once accidentally, Brett had gone to the restroom and she came out for another thing. We were like, oh, yeah, just pour. Like, it's fine that he's gone. And he had a little bit of white still in his glass, and she poured red on top of it. And I was thinking, like, oh, my God, this is going to be some big... You mm-hmm. know, when people, someone does something like that, and it's like turns into a big production. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. That shouldn't happen, blah, blah, blah. She just... we were No one said anything. She, I, I could see her clock it, and we just all moved on without, yeah. without incident. <laughs> yeah. it's. I felt the most luxurious there. It felt like a true vacation yeah. yes. going to that courtyard. Yeah, we were, we were sharing the place with the conference for the collections professionals of California. Yeah. So good thing none of us have any outstanding debts that yeah. they were going to track us down while we were enjoying right. our wine. And the rest of the hotel also has like a real eclectic sense of like decoration and that there was like spiritual items and artifacts from all sorts of different. There was like big you know, amethyst rocks and a big Buddha statue and like, you know, Christian wall carvings and which was like, again, similar to the outside, a little ostentatious and kind of like gaudy, but it, in a way where it was like, all right, like, cool. Yeah, like I'd giant stay Buddha there. Statue. Yeah. It, it looked like, I don't know if either of you watched Beef on Netflix, but there's yes. like a millionaire boss who has like all of this like totally stuff from all around the world that she's like plundered. Totally. And, it, and it felt like some like some like rich billionaires. I've stolen artifacts from all over the world and put them in my mansion. Yeah. But this one, this one was more like I went ham at Pier One Imports before they closed. <laughs> yeah, it's a little more world market. Yeah, yeah. I stand corrected. Jillian is right. Like when she mentioned it was a You're resort, shutting me down. Well, you know, I hear resort. A little I... lady in the back wants to go to the resort. <laughs> I'm like you just wanted there. You want to get your facial? Yeah, Jillian was thinking she's gonna get a foot rub. No, but I hear resort and I hear like overpriced kind of. It's like it's not like a real winery. Totally. To be honest, that was my initial thought. But then when we were there, like it really is its own. Thirty label. bucks. Yeah. yeah. Per person. Yeah. The, I mean, the 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 tasting was thirty dollars per person. That's not cheap and a little bit pricier than other options in the area but fortunately the wine stood up to that price if you are willing to spend 30 bucks i think it's a 30 bucks well spent yeah. for the experience well then so we we timed these very tightly as you can imagine so it was like noon two o'clock and four o'clock our biggest gap was between allegretto and the next choice and so we scrambled to downtown Paso Robles just to get a taste of the vibe. Well, and we thought we were going to grab a quick bite, but then all the restaurants were closed. Yeah, everything was closed. At like 3.30 p.m. on a Sunday. We did pass a candy store oh, that had a bunch of Beanie Babies in it. That, Matt, it was a true... We were like, we were like, okay, we got to get back to the car so we can like get there. And as we were walking, Matt just literally, like without notice, like beelined into this store. <laughs> it's like there's some because candy I, you really want. So... 
listeners may have rem- remembered me mentioning this, but Ty has re-released a bunch of classic Beanie Babies <laughs> from like our era. Like they look like they don't look like big bugs with huge glitter eyes. Like, but like they're classic designs, but just like with new colors mm-hmm. and stuff. And I'm a sucker for that kind of nostalgia bait. And so I'm like, I wanted to get the, t- the bears from that. But I made a promise to myself that I wouldn't buy them online. I'll only get them if I see them in person. I've only gotten one so far. And they had all three of the other bears that I didn't get. And so I was like, you know, I'll just do it. This is fate. I walk in and they were selling them each for $17. Yeah, which Matt was... Had which all I thought them... was a steal. Yeah, I did too. I, I'm unfamiliar with the current... I dropped those so fast. So you had all three in your arms heading up to the cash register and... Brett pointed out those are $17 a piece and he turned right around. (laughs) (laughs) No, they should not be any more expensive than $7. Like that is like the normal price Mm -hmm. these days for a Beanie Baby. Don't spend any more than that. Yeah, I was, I'm so out of the loop on the Beanie Baby scene. And you know what? A guy in his mid thirties doesn't need a Beanie Baby that bad. (laughs) (laughs) I don't need, I don't need to pay 17 bucks for a Beanie Baby. I can just pass. It's okay. Mm -hmm. I think you should win for it. Anyway, all right, so we dropped Beanie Babies off in Paso Robles, and then we headed to our final destination for wine, and that was Robert's Choice. So, Robert, take us into Broken Earth. Well, and I, I will preface all that I'm about to say with this was my choice based on it was relatively inexpensive. They had reservations available. It was on our like list of like places we had like picked out just to be like we could go to any of these places. And when we mapped it out, it was like just on like down the road, so easy to get to. Because by far my least favorite of the day was broken, broken earth, broken spirits, <laughs> broken spirits. And truly, like I, I don't want to like you know come down on on a business, but and business to succeed. <laughs> I want a business to succeed. To quote the great Daniel Schneider, but. And I think that if we had, if there was a, if we'd gone at a different time or whatever, maybe it would have been better. But it's one of those places that's just a big, giant, open, gaping warehouse. <laughs> off like, the highway. <laughs> off the highway. You can see a shell station in the distance, like the sign in the distance. Uh, there's almost nobody there. So we like walk in to just this like cavernous, empty space with a sour waitress who like was like, do you have a reservation? It's like, even if we didn't, there's literally nobody <laughs> else here. And we sat at a table in the middle of an airplane hangar and had five totally okay wines. Yeah. And only buy at, at Trader Joe's. Yeah. 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 It, they, they didn't feel like I was really getting all these flavors. Like the other wineries, like they're telling me like, yeah, there's plum and there, it, yeah. the, the plum is roasted and in a cigar box and it's, yeah, it's yeah. floating oh, yeah, down the was... Thames. And then this place, they were very much like, this is this, pour it in, drink it down, you goblins, I'm going to go walk away. Yeah. In the defense of the server, I honestly don't think it's her issue it's really no. more that place was broke broken souls like yeah, soul crushing palace yeah and the view was over to a parking lot yeah Right. And so I think you're not like there getting like feeling the full like winery fantasy. Well, and I am not against inherently the like big open like warehouse type of like space for a winery or a brew pub or something. But it was such a sedate. We were not there like on a Friday night where there was like tons of people hanging out and like dogs running around. Like we we're there for a wine tasting. And so to be like tasting wine just in a giant sterile environment felt so unnatural. <laughs> just like and especially compared to Everly where we were like sitting on a deck looking out of the vineyards blah, blah, blah. like it just had no nothing there's nothing sumptuous about it well we also found out the owner doesn't even 
Yeah, the owner from Chicago yeah. has only visited once. Jillian was right. in full journalism mode. It was asking I lots of questions to, to our, our our waitress. We did learn that the owner lives in Chicago and his main business is mm-hmm. solar panels. Which, but there are solar panels of the on the roof of that place, not by that guy though. <laughs> These are all, all the details you <laughs> yeah. need to know. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's his hobby. Which yeah. is so, I mean, it's so wild that a winery is your hobby. I, I think that he was just like, I have like $10 million to invest. Where am I going to put it? Broken broken top or whatever. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> <Yeah>. Broken dreams. <laughs> yeah, it was really a sad little way to end the... Yeah, yeah and, and I also was personally, after like drinking essentially like four glasses of wine throughout the day, was like already feeling so drowsy. And that just really like brought me, like plummeted me back down. Yeah, I mean, I did appreciate it insofar as it provided contrast to our other experiences. Sure, yes. like, right. it, it made those burn a little brighter. Totally. Uh, by, you know, showing us that, it, you know, there is quite a much lower experience that you can get. Yeah. Um, Maybe they had a pizza oven there. Yeah, yeah, they did. I, I, actually, they kind of all did. If you notice, like even like yeah, in the like cor- the- in the courtyard at Eberly, they also had like a pizza oh. oven outside. Yeah, it's it's a thing here in Paso. Got to have your brick so. oven pizza. Yeah. To Robert's point about it, us dipping toward the end of the day, I think a tip for a wine tasting tour: stop it too. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I feel like I pretty I feel pretty strongly at this point. I mean, we were really also trying to push ourselves a bit for the concept of this podcast episode. But if you don't have to record a podcast after you go visit your wineries, I recommend maybe just doing a couple because once you get to three, it, it starts to feel like a chore. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. Or just having to listen. I, yeah. I appreciate everyone's stories about the wine, but then I just wanted it to stop. Me too. And I think also, like, unless you are... <laughs> just give me that wine. Unless you are a true wine connoisseur and you are like, I want to, like, experience what all these different places has, have to offer. Like, I would have been so happy to have just, like, sat for an hour and a half at Eberly oh. as opposed to, like, dashing to multiple places. Right. And it's at that point, too, that you would need a spatoon. Because yeah, oh, yeah, I was this, getting quite drunk. Right. Like at that point, you're it, it's too much wine to mm-hmm. continue, you know, sampling and then actually drinking it. You're going to just have to taste it and spit it out yeah. or else get completely blackout. Yeah. Right. Recap of tips. Cap it at two. Go to places that have outdoor vines that yeah. you can see. <laughs> get, get food or get a cheese plate. Get a yeah. cheese Stop, plate. Plan a meal. We had to make a, an emergency run to Taco Bell yeah. and, and just barely made it to, to Broken Dreams <laughs> on time for our, our, our nonsensical reservation. Yeah. And, and also on the topic of reservations, tip is, you know, if you're going to winery wineries in 2023 or beyond, make your reservation because most of them require them at this point. Originally, we were planning going to four places and two glasses in at broken broken top i was like i'm so <laughs> glad we didn't do four places because i would have just been like passed out under the table a quick little wrap up of our winery discussion there i have a few questions for us that we can just kind of reflect on our experience now that we've reviewed the wineries that we visited my first question is what do you think is cozy in general about wine tasting what, what did you think was the coziest part of this experience just getting to relax and having nothing to do and nowhere to go and just just such a simple activity. And I guess also, too, seeing our choices. And obviously, Robert, you pointed out that the choices were also dictated by time and where they were on the map. But that was a fun aspect, too, letting not deciding as a group, but having one person pick their place. And it was, it was fun getting to review it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think that, for instance, the idea of like going to a place like Eberly where it's it's so naturally beautiful and you have the opportunity to just like sit outside and feel the breeze. 
but you also the, I think the the small little added layer of structure where you are like testing the wine and tasting it and someone's coming and pouring little pours and you have like a menu and blah 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 adds a little just enough structure to that so that it feels you're not just like oh I'm just like plopping down and like ordering you know glasses of wine until we get dizzy it's it feels it gives a, a just enough structure that you really get to like I feel like settle in even more to the experience of just like as what is essentially just sitting outside drinking all day but it, it gives it this extra little feeling of like oh it's an activity also even though it's a very low low stakes low energy activity hundred percent. And I, I like that it kind of also staggers the conversation a little bit. Totally. Where like it, you take a break from talking to focus on the wine, hear the story of the wine, and then you can go, you know, back into what we were talking about. And so it felt like, you know, just a, like you said, like the structure added some push and pull to the yeah. experience. Yeah. Gives us some natural dynamics. Yeah. And I feel like you're treating yourself. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It makes, it's yeah. immediately fancy. Yeah. Well, I, I really, my thing I think is cozy is, is just the, the amount of, present you get to be because of the demand that you really take mm. in the smell the, the taste of the wine do you know do you notice this note do you notice that note and in you know really slowing down and trying to get all those scents and, and flavors in you are actually in that moment like fully present and i and i i really think that's the coziest part about wine tasting absolutely agreed and then in general even and even beyond what we tasted on this trip Putting aside that this is completely subjective to your own personal taste, what do you consider to be the coziest type of wine? For me, I would choose a, a nice Pinot Noir. I, I like a just like rich red. I feel always to me, you, you can imagine just being curled up, you know, on the couch sipping. And I do love, you know, like a, a nice, you know, Pinot Gris on like a, you know, on the deck on a sunny day. But for me, I think a Pinot Noir is the most cozy. Now, I feel like every time I say Pinot Noir, I get corrected by... <laughs> oh, I mean, I'm, I might be totally... No, I think sure. you're it saying it correct, right. correct. Okay. The way you're both saying Everyone it. Everyone always repeats it after I say it. Whether I go to a restaurant... Can you say it again? Pinot Noir. Okay. Pinot Noir. <laughs> You're, you're, yeah, you are kind of like <laughs> you're like you're adding like a like an old timey like you're just like an asterisk in place at the end. I'm not trying to do my whole little bit. Oh, I don't know how to say <laughs> stuff, but it, it's been like lingering in the back of my mind as this little anxiety yeah, two thing. Two separate. It's the only thing I order. Pinot Noir. Pinot Noir. Perfect. Yeah. Okay, because I was saying Pinot Noir. Yeah, I don't you, know you, why you, I'm you're, saying you're, you're running them together. Yeah. Okay. Pinot Noir. Yeah. Okay, now I feel better because that's my favorite wine. And so uh, that's why I'm always ordering. And I think people are trying to be polite by doing that. Oh, you'll have the the hamburger? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, whatever. So, but I did have a moment at Allegretto where I maybe thought the lighter wines, maybe the, is it a tannin? The tannot. Oh, tannot. <laughs> is that that pink one? There was a tannot rosé. Yeah, that's what okay. we got when you got spilled on. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. she was saying that, you know, imagine drinking this at Thanksgiving dinner. It really cuts mm-hmm. through the heaviness. Mm-hmm. I think that's a, actually a very cozy con- concept, that refresh after a heavier meal. Yes. So maybe I could try that out. Yeah, yeah. That, was a, that was a huge aha moment when she said that, I think, for all of us. That was a big revelation. And, and again, it puts yes. you in that place and you're, like, you're imagining yourself at Thanksgiving dinner drinking this wine. It, like, it, it was really evocative. She was an expert at just enough detail to put you in a place and setting. Yeah. And she was describing the wines on that note, going back to the, you know, the cherry wrapped in licorice in leather <laughs> cigar box and a Tanat, which I was, is a varietal of grape. I 
had not heard of until this trip. Mm-hmm. And so my favorite wine of the weekend really was that Allegretto 2018 to not. Yeah, it was, it was great. It was, so that was good. and also one that I was like, yeah, I, I don't think I've ever had wine quite like this. Yeah. In, in general, going back to the, the initial question of like what's coziest, like I would say like a Cabernet Sauvignon. Yeah. I, I, it's very drinkable. And so I was expecting to like, and I did love all the cabs we tasted. My interest was piqued by this Tanat. I'd never heard of it. And the amount that it really did just like taste like a campfire in, yeah. the, in, a, in a great way. It was, it, it is not for everybody because the taste itself of the wine is, you know, on the bitter mm-hmm. side, very dry, but I really enjoyed that. And I learned a little bit about Tanat around it being like, it's a newer grape to California. It's only really been... It's been growing in popularity and like just like the last couple of decades has it been more and more introduced. So I'm all aboard the Tanat train. Yeah, me too. Choo choo. <laughs> Did you any any other favorite wines this weekend do you want to mention before we pour our last glass? I really like the 2018 cab that you got me yeah, at was, Allegretto. That's super good. Oh, and I think it was at Allegretto, the Chardonnay, which they, at every place, this is the one thing we do is every place that they gave us a Chardonnay, they're like, so it's not like a normal Chardonnay, it's actually good, but this one was, it had like a real tartness to it that really, really was, especially like sitting down on like a hot day, it was really refreshing. Absolutely. Well, now that we've harvested our experience. (laughs) (laughs) I'm obsessed. Every one of these puns is hitting. (laughs) Let's enjoy that last drop of wine with some soothing sounds. Robert, kick us off. So this is our soothing sound segment where we share the music that we're listening to that's making us feel cozy. Robert, what uh, sound is soothing you this week? Um, So this is a song by a very popular Japanese singer and recording artist named Hikaru Utada, who some people might know they sing the theme song to Kingdom Hearts from way back in the day, Simple and Clean. You might know them from that. But they released an album last year that I'm obsessed with. I think it's a really great pop album. And one of the songs on this album, to me, is like the perfect sort of like dusky night romance at home song. And I'm going to try to pronounce It's a Japanese song, so I'm going to try to I believe it's pronounced Dara-e... Dara-e... Imonai or something like that. I'm I'm butchering that, but that's the gist. All right, well, let's listen to that song. I love it. Yeah, it's 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 great. It has this like kind of jazzy vibe to it. And that whole album has just tons of layering to all the production. So you're getting lots of little sounds. There's lots of like hand percussion and, you know, horns coming in. And it's really dynamic, but not in a way that feels sort of like cluttered or distracting. But it just creates this beautiful soundscape. I love this type of music. To me, it sounds like it'd be like on a compilation of world music. Where 100%, like yeah. in, in the video advertisement, there'd be a bunch of people like doing Tai Chi on a mountaintop. One million, one million percent. <laughs> That's like the only thing I'm interested in right now is 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 that type of music. It's so it picks up and has a really great beat, but it's also very soothing. Yeah, and and her voice is beautiful. Meditative. Yeah. yeah. Jillian, what sound is soothing you? So I picked Ghost by Lydia Lovelace. It was released on September 21st, and from the album Nothing's Gonna Stand in My Way Again. 
It would have been nice to use this for the Halloween episode that we have upcoming, but it works now as we're entering October. The themes, once again, are just very common for me is a sad song, but with a upbeat tone. So let's take a listen to Ghost by Lydia Loveless. that i'm dead <laughs> it's 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 rebirth it's it's you know no, picking I, yourself back up and i actually turning on the lights on and off i actually am into that i feel like there's a, a tori amos song that called happy phantom that's sort of on a similar subject where she's singing about <laughs> like i i'm now you know from the perspective of a ghost i'm so happy to be a ghost and be you know going around playing pranks on people and stuff like that and i feel it is like yeah. a, a, a switching the perspective. just like the hotel nantucket <laughs> exactly <laughs> Uh, no, actually, I thought her her voice I really enjoyed, and I really enjoyed the the cadence that she was singing in. Yeah, I, I like the song the a lot. Little crickets. In yeah. The also, yeah. the visualizer that uh, we were watching it has her the lyrics pro- projected on her back while these like ghoulish hands shadows. She's like looking over her shoulder, like scared. It's a really cool little visualizer, and I love this as a almost like kind of empowering Halloween mm-hmm. song. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because it's so hard to find songs with spooky titles, yeah. which yeah. we've encountered. Just got to keep Googling ghosts and pumpkins and <laughs> zombies. Hoping for something to come her way. What are you listening to? My soothing sound is Belleville, which is a track by LA composer and DJ Laurel Halo from her new album, Atlas. And it's an instrumental album, so kind of similar to... Well, actually, to neither of your picks. They both had singing mm-hmm. as singers. And I don't know why I said that. I think because... <laughs> Robert's pick had like a lot of like the instrumental reminded me of this sort of like you could easily imagine the the lyrics being gone and just listening to that right music. exactly but this one is totally and I really love like just an instrumental kind of I can listen to this while I'm working I or I can do other things like I can write while I'm listening to this because the the lyrical content isn't there Pitchfork describes it as like wandering through an empty mansion and stumbling upon a grand ball, which I think is the perfect description for the song. Love that. So I think that's the best way to go into listening to Belleville by Laurel Halo. So you, you get the gist of it. But it, it to me, it sounds actually almost exactly like the old ambient cafe sounds I would like listen to while I would write. Yeah, <laughs> right. I was just about to say, I could imagine myself putting this on when I'm working on something. Yeah. And it also kind of reminds me of the Silent Hill video game. The <laughs> soundtrack for that, which was very like ambient, you know, haunting music, but it had this like prog rock element to it where there sometimes where like guitars would come mm-hmm. in or whatever it kind of got a similar vibe a little bit it's a very textured sound yes yeah for sure yeah that wraps up our soothing sounds and we are into our candle review today we are all in person getting to smell the candle yeah. for, for once it's a nice change of pace a little backstory on this candle we saw these candles at every single winery that we visited and so by the time we were at broken earth we we're like i guess it's just <laughs> fate we should just get one of these candles and talk about them and you may have seen them before because I've seen them around the L.A. area. They're by a company called Glassed Over, and they specialize in reusing wine bottles for candle holders. So 
at every winery they had their own wine bottles used as the as the the jar that the candle was in and so they have like a, a you know a, a whole bunch of different scent offerings we are burning juniper and sage one other note about this company because they are located in LA once you've used up your candle you can get it refilled if you drop it off at their place for $15, or if you don't live in LA, you can mail it to them and they'll, I don't know if that's like really cost effective, but yeah, I was going to say mailing. Your yeah. it's, it's, the, the message of the company is very all about sustainability, like reusability. We're, we're you know, don't throw out your wine bottle. Mm-hmm. Now it's, you know, now candles in it. So what do we think about Juniper and Sage? That's on the other side of the room for me. And I'm not, I'm not getting that much of it, but I'm, I'm getting like the vague sort of like warmth of the candle. No, but it's, it's, it's certainly not a bad smell. Yeah, it doesn't have a wonderful throw, but I love the concept of recycling old bottles. And it's a big old, it's a giant candle too. And it was, what, in the the like under $30 price point, which I feel like for, I smelled it before we burned it and the smell itself was good. And I think for for a big candle under that price point is, is, it's good quality. It's a, it's a pretty massive candle for a $25 candle and I'm getting sage the most, not as much juniper. It's a very light scent. It doesn't have a a ton of throw, but I always do wonder like when we burn things in small rooms, sometimes I feel like our nose doesn't even get adjusted to it for whatever reason. Yeah. Right. But yeah, I would say half a wick. I would give it half a wick. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I think a nice collectible item. If you're going on a trip with friends and you want to remember your wine tasting experience, Mm -hmm. just you have that bottle you use as a vase or something. This is a broken, broken earth winery bottle. Our our least favorite of the wineries. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I would say half a wick. I mean, I'm not like the, the scent isn't blowing me away and it's, it could be a little stronger for my taste, but the the sustainable concept is, is cool. Yeah. All right. Well, that wraps up our episode for today. We are off to go drink some more on the yeah. oh, I said on the road. <laughs> on the road. No. We're not driving, so we can yeah. if we want to. Before we go, we do have a few shout outs. Jillian, can you take us through some shout outs for us? Yes. I'm going to start their Patreon shout outs. Yes. We have two. Um, thank you, Christy, for joining our Patreon and as well as Maya. We love our patrons so much to keep us going keep our candle fund growing and all that good stuff. And if you sign up at the tea light level, I'll send you a a magnet and a sticker and I write the cards myself and it gives me an excuse to walk to the mailbox. So please keep signing up. Yeah. And then we also have two five-star reviews on Apple podcasts. The first is like a big warm hug. Love listening to this podcast as we head into fall, super comforting, adorable hosts and great ideas for making the most of the fall and winter seasons. That was by Steph Chicago. Thank you, Steph. I know a Steph in Chicago who's my cousin. I'm like, does my cousin write this? (laughs) (laughs) Insider review. If so, great to hear from you, Steph. And then we have Graph Girl, who wrote Charming Friendship, and the, the rest of the title's cut off. Helpful something. <laughs> Come to this podcast for recommendations for cozy music, candles, recipes, activities, decor, and more. Stay for the host, mutually supportive friendship, wholesome and uplifting. Thank you so much, Graph Girl. Yes, thank you. Couldn't have said it better myself. If you were to graph my heart, it would be <laughs> full, I don't know, peaks. Up. Yeah. <laughs> Trending upward. I also just got like a big whiff of the candle. It actually was quite nice. Yeah. Maybe I've been hoarding the smell over here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're doing it glassed over justice. No. But thank you both for taking the time to leave us a review. It means so much to us. Like, you know, we like to know we're not sending this into the void. It does mean a lot. And it also does help people find the show. So if you have the time, if you're so inclined, please leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. And we do we do read the ones from Apple because they allow people to write something. <laughs> so 
love to see feedback there. And, you know, it, it does keep us like discoverable. So I really, really do love to see those reviews. As Jillian mentioned, we have a Patreon. You can support our show by going to patreon.com slash allthingscozy to see the tiers. You can get little rewards for supporting our show. Check that out. And of course, you can follow and keep up with us at All Things Cozy Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And Robert, our listeners want to keep up with you. Where can they find you on the internet? I'm on Twitter at, at Robert Belkovich, like the actor John Belkovich, but with a B. <laughs> and then on Instagram, I'm O OH underscore Belky, B-A-L-K-Y. And that's that's it for now. Yes, keep up with Robert is an amazing writer, so funny, and we're so so happy to oh, a just a like have this time with you and, and this trip, but okay. also to have you back on the show. It was genuine, genuinely my pleasure when Jillian um, proposed it. As I said, like I, I've been so hemming and hawing about every decision I've been making lately, but the second I got a text from Jillian saying we're going to do a wine tasting trip for all things cozy. Do you want to come? I said, anywhere, anytime, <laughs> name the place. I will like take a train, a bus, whatever. I'll be there. Well, I'm so sad it's coming to an end, but as am I. But it was a, it was a truly wonderful weekend. I actually, like genuinely had just a, a really really lovely time. Well, we're off. We literally have to check out of this yeah, hotel we're, room. We're being in, evicted from in, this hotel in ten room. minutes, so we got to turn <laughs> off our microphones. <laughs> but we'll be back in your ears with a brand new cozy episode in just two more weeks. It'll be our special Halloween episode. Looking very forward to an extremely special guest for that one. So take a listen in a couple weeks. Until next time, stay cozy. Stay cozy. Stay cozy. Stay cozy.